Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portson with you on a snowy Wednesday in Central Ohio. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, there's nothing going on to talk about. I'm so bored. So bored. Is there anything going on? So bored. God, it feels almost like a trade deadline in terms of the the daily the craziness. And then yesterday in the middle of it all, Miko Koivu retires. What? Um <laughs> it's been just bizarre. But we've got we're gonna sort of deal with the issue of today and work ourselves um back to get through all of it. There's so much. Uh, Patrick Line, I feel like one of those radio hosts. Uh, Allison, and this has always bugged me. At the start of every show, they say, we've got a lot to get through. It doesn't matter what's going on, right. even if nothing's going on. we got a lot to get through. Like, there's, they have a workload they have to do. Um, but this is the case in Columbus, Ohio right now. Wow. Patrick Liney spoke today. He did. And, yes, um, he's <laughs> he spoke the other night, too, and did it in the wrong way to the wrong person. And was benched. So uh, let's deal with Line A first. Blue Jackets benched Patrick Line A, John Tortorella did, for the final 26-plus minutes of Monday's 3-2 win over Carolina, including the entire third period. Um, so you're watching from above. Clearly, Line A got a little crossed up in some of his defensive zone coverages. John Tortorella said after the game, it wasn't the defensive, it wasn't the coverages or the defensive plays that led to him being scratched. I did not take from that. I'm not sure anybody else did. Um, that something else happened with Liney that prompted the the benching. Um, but as we reported yesterday, several outlets reported yesterday, um, Liney was, was uh, punished basically for verbally disrespecting an assistant coach of the Blue Jackets. So something happened on the bench during the heat of the of the of the battle today, Line A was I was the picture of contrition. Um, he didn't apologize in his speak in his talks with the media. He doesn't have to apologize to us. Clearly, he did what he needed to do behind the scenes because the Blue Jackets really circled the wagons today around him. Um, it seems to me that the kid handled it as well as he could have handled it based upon the way everybody acted today. Allison, that everything is fine. Your thoughts on Line A, the the work that was done clearly by him today, and the comments coming from the room about where he stands now going forward. Oh, it, like where do you even begin? Right. <laughs> um, I, okay, here's my thoughts because I always do this. I always go back to trying to put ourselves in in those shoes. And, mm-hmm. you know, many of us have been in a work situation, I would wager, where we've done something and had to be reprimanded by our superiors. And, and we just don't have tens, perhaps hundreds, sometimes thousands of people paying attention That's to right. to that behavior. Um, and so, you know, based on what I think and believe about leadership and team building and communication, if... if um, if you disrespect a leader publicly, I mean, I think there's room for conflict always, but if you disrespect, that's a different conversation. And if that needs to be addressed, um, I respect that. Uh, but as much as I say we don't have to be on a public stage, if you do have to be on a public stage, you have to know it's going to get attention. Um, 
And John Tortorella kind of acknowledged that today in his comments, recognizing that he understands why it gets attention. Um, so, uh, so again, if, if you know, with what happened, we don't know specifics. We don't have to. I, I don't mind the punishment, but yep. it's just been crazy. And I do. I respect the way Lina has handled it. I respect the way the team has handled it. It makes me, I want to be careful here. This is not a judgment of the player's entire body of work or even his entire body of work in Columbus. I don't love that Patrick Lina is, is mouthing off for lack of a better phrase to an existing coach. Um, That's not great, but um there's always room for repair and growth and, and deepening of relationships. And hopefully that continues forward. Yeah. So when, when this happens, when Patrick Liney is benched in his fourth game with the blue jackets, when it's John Tortorella that does the benching, this is just a story that's, that's going to make it around the, the ever loving hockey world. For sure. Sadly, much quicker than Jack Roslovic's incredible game winning goal. <laughs> Correct. Right. Correct. And that's, Kind of the saddest part about all this. Um, it's it's a big story. Ultimately, now that we know the details, now that we know that how it's been handled, at least how we think it's been handled, how it seems to have been handled, I think we can all say, okay, you know what? I'm weird this way. I actually think this is better than if they were pissed at him for his defensive zone coverage in game four of his arrival. Okay. Um, I think it's better... I don't think it's good. It's not good that he that he mouthed off or verbally disrespected somebody, however you want to put it. Right. But it's corrective. The player handled it the right way. Yes. And you move you move on. It's not a I would rather have a guy that loses his shit on the bench every once in a while than a guy that you're just constantly trying to pry to pay attention and go, go, go. And that doesn't seem to have been the issue with line A at, at all. He's had issues in the past with coaches on the bench. I think this is a kid that burns hot. Mm-hmm. I think he burns hot and sometimes can't handle that. Uh, can't handle, maybe didn't want to be talked to on the bench, period. Right. Um, there's a way to handle that, of course, and you don't treat um, an, an assistant coach in a way that's disrespectful. But today at the rink, Liney comes onto the ice for practice. And goes right at Brad Larson. Mm-hmm. And the two of them go off to the corner of the rink and they talk. It's a lengthy little conversation. It looked totally amiable. No, there was, didn't seem to be any confrontation at all. And at the end, Line A pounded uh, Larson twice on the chest. Larson gave uh, Line A a, a swat on the shin pad with a stick. And we all know in the world of hockey, that means I love you, man. <laughs> um, so I think they're cool with it. And I think if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you feel better about this situation than you maybe did 48 hours ago. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I do. And I, and I certainly ag- agree with, with your point about, look, I mean, it's, it's easy to get yourself in a mess. It's hard to do the necessary things to get yourself out of a mess. Yeah. And um, I do agree. I mean, we there have been players who have not brought passion to their game. There have been pl- those players in Columbus. Um, so having that can be a huge asset. And um, if you have the cojones to take the steps you need to take to right the wrong, and even though it was before practice, uh, that player is no, no um, innocent to think that people weren't watching and yeah. seeing that. 
um, there is respect earned there for sure. And I think that we saw a sign of respect for how he handled it with how strongly John Tortorella spoke and made the repeated point to speak to um, this was not about Line A's effort, uh, nor him really as a player. Um, to, to go to defense in a player after something like this, I think, says something, too, about the effectiveness of, of how he, the player, responded after the transgression itself. Yeah. It's just so loud right now in Columbus, isn't oh, it? So loud. It's, it is so loud. It, like, I'm trying to think of when's the last game it's been about a game. I know. Because it's... Wow, maybe it was the Sunday game, but even this, even the Sunday game was crazy uh, for different reasons. Um, I think we're good on line A. I think, you know, I, I think they're going, they're learning this guy. I think this guy's learning them too. I, one thing I loved about what he said today. Let me see if I've got it on my screen here. I, I love this part. I think this was the most. Um, I used the word contrite earlier. I think it applies here. He says um, from. Line A, somebody asked if 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 um, he felt the benching was too severe or out of line. He said, no, absolutely not. That's fair from the coach, that it doesn't matter who you are. If you do mm-hmm. something, you'll get benched. That's great mm-hmm. for me to see. You don't want to be the guy who's getting benched, but now I've seen it myself, that it doesn't matter who you are or how well you have done. You can get benched. If you want to look at something positive out of that, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's really good. And that's a kid speaking from his heart there, not just giving you some sort of rote answer. That spoke volumes to me. I agree. And, you know, it's what I was going to say to your comment of it's so loud. You know, it's, I think we all, all of us, um, local and national, have to be careful because it's easy for people to think everything's connected. And it's easy to dismiss that nothing is connected. And I think Correct. it's, I think people have to be really careful because it is very loud right now. Um, and, but to that point, you know, if that's a lesson he's learning, in a way, I feel like there has to be consen- some consideration. I don't want to disrespect anyone in any organization, but what did line A come from? Um, what was yep. his experience there and what were his expectations yeah. coming to a new organization in terms of how one interacts? or doesn't interact with coaching staff, or perhaps how a coach treats a player. So I think that's a very interesting thing for us to consider too. If we're going to be very harsh on a coach who has understandably drawn a lot of negative limelight, um, let's be fair to the situation and do a comprehensive analysis of this from a lot of different angles that are coming together for this specific instance. Yeah. And like I said, the temperature has just turned up with Tortorella and Dubois. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and no matter what, there there are people who are going to believe that John Tortorella chased Panarin out of town, <laughs> chased Dubois out of town, right? Chased Duclair, chased. And so when it happens, you're like, oh, God, here it goes again. What is this guy doing? <sighs> the temperature is, as I said earlier today, this, this sort of cyclone breeze that was blowing sort of settled down today into just like kind of like a gentle breeze and. I think the feeling within the room is that that uh, hopefully they can get back to playing games. But to your point, Miko Koivu announces his retirement yesterday. <laughs> right. Boom. Can't play for Torts. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Right. Let's let the man explain himself. And he did, and it was it was um, it was pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Allison, he looked like he was gonna 
get emotional a couple times in his talks, especially when people started asking him about Minnesota and his For desire sure. to come here and see his family. Um, Miko Koivu signed with the Blue Jackets to be the third line centerman. Um, you know, I think he, I, I think part of this, and he alluded to it a bit, this is just not an easy time. Uh, for anybody it's not an easy time everyone's lives have been affected it's not an easy time to be a hockey player he's away from his three kids two five and seven years old and here he is on a new team that he's really not able to to mix with and and learn because they're so isolated away from the rink right he's not playing up to his standard this is a man of of much pride and high standards and and so it all worked in together, but I, I, it's sad. On one note, it's very uh, you. Ha- you have to feel good for Miko Koivu to call his own shot, mm-hmm. um, and to to retire uh, w- before he went through a long stretch of his career where he just wasn't the player that he used to be. I think he recognized he's not there, and it's and it was time to step down from the Blue Jackets' perspective. I think it's sad. Um, that they didn't get more time with him because this is an exceptional professional and an exceptional person that didn't, I don't, I, I think you can say he wasn't able to leave the mark on the dressing room that he would have liked to leave. I agree. And you know, it's people were talking about just his level of play and, and the experience. And I mean, let's not forget either. This guy, just in terms of the amount of time he missed also had freaking COVID himself. Freaking COVID. For, yep. for goodness sake. I mean, so you know, not only do you have a player who's battling father time who comes for us all, but now you're coming back from COVID. And the returns, you know, this year has been hard for so many of us, not just professional hockey players, but this year has been tough. And um, I wish him all the best. I, I think the probably the only shame is, you know, again, it, it, it would have been great for him to go out with the wild. I think people are still a little sore about how that ended. Um, right. But here we are. And uh can, can nothing else happen for the next three weeks? Right, Please. exactly. <laughs> and so as a as a response to Koivu being taken out, first of all, let's just think for a moment about the Blue Jackets center ice position. Oh. Not just how much it's changed from last year to this with Wenberg out, but how much has changed from the start of the season to today. Mm-hmm. With Dubois out and Miko Koivu out, with Texier in and now out, Domi in and now out, um, and now with with uh, Koivu out, Stenland moves in. And I like John Tortorella talking with him yesterday. He said, "I said so. St- Stenland's in." And he said, "Yeah, oh, he's in, but he may not be in the bottom six. Oh and boy, he's getting a prime chance uh, tomorrow in Chicago. He's going to skate with some guys for the first time." Um, so there's your beneficiary, Kevin Stenland, Allison, looks to be uh, on the verge of becoming a lineup regular. He does. <laughs> Thoughts on him playing in the top six? <sighs> I, look, I, I, I like Kevin Stenland. I like his game. But um, this team continues to need the highest end offensive talent it can get. And I think yes. they are still in search of that. Good for him for getting the opportunity. Solid. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, it, it's a mess. The center ice <laughs> position is, is a it's mess. It's a mess. It is. I was it's trying to be diplomatic, but yes. Yeah, well, I'm cutting to the chase here. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, they don't have Domi in the middle. They don't have Texier in the middle. Those, 
Those were their two centers a week ago. Yep. Um, and I th- we, we can say it now. Thank God for Jack Roslovic, Alex. Oh, my God. Where is this team without Jack Roslovic? And what idiots we are for not saying, oh, my God, look at the Jack Roslovic trade. Right. With the throw-in Patrick Lining. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. I swear. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, any So any further thoughts on, on Koivu? How big of a loss is this in terms of their bottom six? Because if, if you don't have a top six, you better have a... You better have a bottom six. Um, how big of an of an impact is this? I, I, I yeah, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect, I think in in part, you know, Koivu left because, as you said, his game wasn't where it needed to be. Um, it's a loss because you have an experienced center, and as Nick Felino pointed out, he's a nightmare in the on the faceoff dot. But um, it's not, this was not the most impactful player on the ice. He was seeing some penalty kill time. I'll make note of that. Um, It's just, it just highlights the lack of center depth in the organization um, versus the huge loss of the player himself. And so let me read this to you. This is from Koivu yesterday. Um, Just to put to rest anything that Koivu wasn't happy here or that Tortorella again had any role in this. I just want to be very clear, he said. The room, my teammates, the coaching staff, the management here in Columbus, it's been first class. That's the sad part. I've really enjoyed my time with them, really enjoyed my time in the room and playing with those guys and playing for Tortorella and his coaching staff. It was an unbelievable experience for myself after all those years in Minnesota. Mm. Very nice. Now, uh, Mika Koivu is going to work in the National Hockey League if he wants to. Yes. And Kekalainen has already had that conversation with him. Let's be clear. I would suspect if he can find a fit with the Wild. Yes. That's where it goes. I I think the Wild are going to retire his number and keep him in the organization. But Yarmo Kekalainen has made it clear to him um, that he sees him as one of those guys. Um, Joseph Pamidian was this way. Uh, Yarko Rutu was this way. Um, Nicholas Backstrom was this way. When Yarmo Keklinen sees a player that handles himself a certain way, he thinks that guy's got a future in hockey if he so chooses it. And he has hired those guys. Yes. Um, Koivu could be that guy if he doesn't find a fit in in Minneapolis, but I think most expect him to. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a world where not only does he have a role, but as you said, that's a number that's retired. That's a that's a yeah. player that goes down in organizational history right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so continuing to move back the week that was Sunday, Allison was one of the most bizarre. <laughs> oh, I completely forgot that was this week. That is how crazy this has I know. been. It was one of the most bizarre games. Um, <sighs> I've, I've ever witnessed and then to find out what happened after oh. the fact. <laughs> Stunning. I, I said Stunning. to you, it, a, a naked gun script is more believable oh than what God. happened. So we were, we were hearing all kinds of stuff after the game as to how the NHL got that wrong, got, got, got it wrong that the play was on side when it was clearly offside. Yes. And one of the things we'd heard is that the league was reviewing the wrong clip. And you're like, that would be, if that's what happened, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Correct. Well, that's not what happened. What actually happened is probably 10 times more ridiculous than that. <sighs> My God. And here it goes. So quickly, 
I'm trying to <laughs> think of how much I'm trying to think of how much backstory <laughs> we need on this. So the the Carolina Hurricanes score goal, Vincent Trocheck, the Blue Jackets say that goal was offside. We'd like you to review it. The league reviews it, and we're gonna we're gonna backtrack in a second here, but just to to blow through the basics of it. And the league says, nope, that's a good goal. The Blue Jackets, you now have to kill a two-minute penalty for delay a game. Correct. Uh, period ends a minute and 15 after the penalty has started. The Blue Jackets have killed 115 of it. And then during the intermission, Jeff Svoboda, who works for the for the Blue Jackets, does a great job for the website, notices the officials uh, come out of the Zamboni entrance. Oh, my God. Come out of the Zamboni entrance and go into the rooms. And, you know, when we hear this, we're all like, well, that's – this is COVID related, right? This right. game's getting bagged. Totally. Somehow the leagues reached him and said, we're not doing this. Well, no, that's not what it was at all. And then suddenly the power play or the, the yeah, the Carolina power play is taken off the scoreboard. And we're like, well, where'd that go? Right. Like I've never seen that before. Right. So what happened? Um, <laughs> I got, a, I had a chance to speak with Colin Campbell, longtime friend, Colin Campbell, well after midnight, uh, the night of the game. And he, he relayed what happened, and and it goes something like this: There's a there's an off ice official high above Nationwide Arena at press level, actually, whose job it is to connect the make sure that the connection is clear between Toronto and the on ice officials in Columbus, uh-huh. the the Toronto review room. So they're they're starting the process of reviewing the goal. And they go back and look to see if Carolina is onside or offside. They show the first clip to the officials on the ice. And the video tech up above in Nationwide Arena makes it (laughs) nothing against him or the profession. But this is the person who's just supposed to connect the two dots, not weigh in on this. Right. They're not looking for this person's opinion. And he's watching it and he's feeling it. He's excited. And he says, that's onside. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. And the on-ice officials here, the guy upstairs in Columbus say, that's a good goal. And they take off their headsets and skate out to tell the official that it's a good goal. Meanwhile, Toronto is watching and going, wait, where are they going? Where are they going? And Chris King, a VP with the league, is saying to the guy, the intermediary, who, again, is not supposed to talk, what are you saying? Right. Why are you saying something? Like, this is not your call. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're saying, after further review, the goal stands. And the Blue Jackets are like, what are you talking about? There's no way that's a goal. Um, meanwhile, Toronto's freaking out, trying to get the officials back on the headsets. They're already away. Puck drops. And now the Blue Jackets are killing a penalty that shouldn't be a penalty uh, in the wake of a goal that shouldn't be a goal. Uh, they get to the first intermission, and Colin Campbell calls into the officials' room and says, "Boys, we got a big problem. I don't know what the hell happened, but that should not have been a goal." And they decide that they can't go back in time. There is a league rule that once time has begun uh, to count after a decision's made, then a goal can't be taken off the board. I said I was going to make this short. I was. I'm not. Um, <laughs> And, but then they somehow take the, the penalty kill time off the board. And the Blue Jackets feel uh, wrongly aggrieved. I should say this. The reason they couldn't get the officials back on the headset. Uh, normally the guy just put the guy in the penalty box just puts a headset right back on. 
But in this case, he's cleaning it because of COVID. And so while Toronto's screaming at him to get the guys back on the headsets, the guys, we assume, whistling as he works and cleaning the headsets, oblivious to the fact that Toronto's war room is on fire right now. Right. So the Blue Jackets, Allison, of course they lose by a goal. They lose by the goal, That's not right. just a goal. Um, tell me about this. What what stands out to you? What makes you laugh the hardest? Um, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, are you laughing or crying at the story? I mean, as you pointed out on Twitter, I mean, many a team has a list of agree- of grievances against the league. Um, right. But I think I, I think there is some validity in saying, imagine if this had happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Correct. Um, this would still be a subject. There would probably be a statement issued by the league. This would be perhaps already on the docket for the next Board of Governors meeting. Um, I think this is a big deal. And while I certainly appreciate, and with all due respect to, to Colin Campbell, um, it, okay, fine, there's no precedent for something. But the minute you went against precedent, now you're allowed to go against precedent. <laughs> yes, right. So, right. <laughs> like, um, I I had to really spend some time with this because I didn't want people to think that I was, uh, you know, biased towards the team that we cover or anything like that. But the the more I think about it, I really think the only two choices here were to let everything stand as called or to erase everything. The partial erase is what bothers me. To yeah. remove the penalty but not the goal. So part of it was wrong, but not all of it was wrong. Um, and, you know, the, the poor official who, who did this, if that official no longer has a job, if there were consequences like that for that individual, that's all the more reason for me to say that goal should have come off the board. Um, and, and the more I think about it, you know, you know, when you think about a challenge, a challenge one actually takes a goal off the board. Yeah. So, um, the minute Colin said, well, there's no precedent, but I did the right thing. I think we're, I'm paraphrasing his quote. Okay, yeah. but you didn't do the entire right thing then. Because if you admit it was okay. wrong, then it's wrong. Um, I, I think the goal should have been taken off. Long story longer, I do, after I've thought about it quite a bit, just in terms of like all of his stuff about doing the right thing, being fair, blah, 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 then the goal should have come off the board. That's how I feel. Yeah, and I think it's a great point. And, and I, I was thinking about it like this from from – the, even as the game's going on, this is classic NHL. Yes. In a lot of ways in that I think, I do, I honestly do believe that they wanted to do the right thing. I, I totally agree. I totally I agree. And I've seen it in baseball where an umpire blows a call. And as he's getting screened at by the manager, he's saying to the manager, I know I blew it. Yep. I know I blew it. Scream at me! I can't reverse it. Right. I know I blew it. Right, and there ain't no going back. Right, and that—that's just the way it works. But the NHL looked at this and thought, like, that's just that is wrong. And as as my former colleague, currently at the Columbus Dispatch, Mike Avery said, they tried to make it half right, exactly, and in the process made it twice as bad. Hundred percent agree. And that, it, but to me, it's like it would have been easier for the league. In fact, I'm not even sure if this is a big story the next day if they just blew a call. I agree. 
it would have been easier for them to just say, you know what, Blue Jackets, you got to eat it. You're yep. eating the whole freaking thing. Uh, but they 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 sat there during the intermission, and the 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 pale wash that came over them was, oh my God, what if Carolina scores on the power play? Right. And then that's two goals that they shouldn't have scored. Like, and they couldn't live with that. And so, in a way, I I kind of respect. I kind of respect that they wanted to do the right thing, but it, it's it's flawed logic when you say, um, we we can't take the goal off the board because there's no precedent for that. But there okay. is no precedent for the penalty. Anyway, yes, there's go ahead. no penalty. There's no precedent for the other thing that you did too. So you're willing to do the smaller thing right. and set a new precedent, but you're not setting a precedent on the, on the big right, the That's big right. right thing to do. That's right. Um, That's right. Now, I wonder how Carolina responds if you come to Carolina and say, hi, hi, listen, that goal's coming off the board, and now we got to play another minute and 15 before the third period starts. Right. Um, somebody's furious here, and somebody's crying precedent. Correct. So, but yeah. but but and and I'm not saying this with with a team bias in hand someone's upset but but the the truth was upheld the truth is the player was offside yes and you know to your point like i i just it, it's so nhl because there's no consistency we go back to that to the last time something happened and this is why i think torch just kind of sat very calmly post game when he got fined we go back to when the clock literally was started wrong and there was proof of that. A goal doesn't count. A goaltender gets injured. A team wins the game right. that in oh, theory yeah. wouldn't right. have won the game. And, right. but that's, that's fine. And I agree with you. If they had just said, we screwed up, we're sorry, going forward, we try and do better. People would have still been pissed, but that at least would be consistent with the way the NHL does things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I I think they're their own worst enemies by trying to. They they feel shame where others don't feel it. They feel guilt where others don't feel it. They try to make it right, and it and it bites them in the ass. And vice versa. Um, vice versa. Absolutely. I'll never forget, and we keep bringing it up, but the 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 West Walls goal. This is like two thousand three or something, where the league had had a rash of goals. Where with controversy, it was. It's weird how when one thing happens, right? It seems like there's just a flurry of them. Um, but there were a ton of goals scored in a very short span, where you couldn't tell if the puck was clearly over the line. Mm -hmm. It's under the goalie's pad. It's right. under the goalie's glove. It's under the goalie. Like what? Oh, is that a goal? Is that not a goal? Where his, his the puck's under his arm, but his arm moves this far. I think it is a goal. And they just said, "Listen, from now on, unless we can see the puck right. over the line, it's not a goal." Right. We have to physically see the puck. Okay. So that's the rule now. And I'm telling you, it's not three days later that West Walls goes 400 miles an hour. The puck gets shot in the goalie. Caroms back to Walls. Plows into the goalie, ends up in the cage, and there's like a car crash in the cage. And Wes Walls stands up and pulls himself out of the net. And everyone's like, where's the puck? <laughs> what happened to the puck? And Wes Walls like shakes his pants, and the puck falls out of his shell. And the official says, goal! <laughs> like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait right. a minute. Right. And like, what, did you see the puck? 
in over the line? He's like, no, but everybody knows it was there. And you're like, you just completely broke your own rule that's about three days old. The ink right. hasn't dried on it yet. Right. But and it's stuff like that that you just, oh, my God. Like, but it's like the uh, when you try to hide the right fielder at first base, the ball's always going to find you. It's it like a lot of things. sort of property to Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. I feel bad for the kid that got a little fired up about that being onside the first review because I'm sure that person feels awful. Oh, has to. I mean, wow. Has to. What a week that was. I'm almost afraid for them to play Thursday in Chicago. Oh, my God. And and let, let lest, we, lest we just let this end and make it sound like we're total homers, let's not forget that the Blue Jackets have benefited from some things, too. I, I think back to that Boston game. How many years ago was that? When the puck goes up into the netting? Clearly, oh, yeah. clearly totally. goes into the netting. Yeah. So play should have stopped. The Blue Jackets Absolutely. go Blue Jackets go down the ice, score a goal, end up winning the game. I mean, th- this isn't a I understand because you asked me how fans should feel. I understand and I empathize and it does feel like a lot and it does feel like maybe there isn't corrective grand scale action after things happen, but Columbus isn't solely getting the shaft all oh, no. the time. <laughs> and trust me, every team has a list of these. That's right. Every team has a list of these. That's right. And the other thing, the reason I was saying is, do you just laugh at this? It's easier to laugh at this because it wasn't it wasn't the NHL truly that screwed this up. Right. I mean, they did. They're in charge of the of the process, but the, the officials didn't do anything wrong. Like they heard what they thought they heard. It's an honest mistake. I don't know if that makes it if if Blue Jackets fans are. If this one's just like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened last night? Rather than just pure rage. But, my God, you know you know that Columbus Blue Jackets National Hockey League fans are going to be watching the standings. You better hope it does not come down oh to one God. point. Oh, my God. If it comes down to a point yep. or if, if Carolina gets in ahead of them. By a point? Yeah. Oh, and don't you think, Allison, I hate to be this guy, don't you think it's going to? Well, what was it? I was trying to remember what was the thing the year that Florida didn't make it in? Remember, and didn't they had more points? Someone's going to be all up in my mentions about this. I'll look it up. I'll well, look. there was the year that uh, Scott Housen in Columbus pushed for right. No, regulation not that year. wins. Not that okay. year. Okay, I'll that look was it up. Classic too. That was, yeah, we don't that one. Like, and I do. I think Blue Jackets fans. You just have to laugh because at this point, nothing's going to change. So yeah. let's not torture ourselves. There's enough going on to be upset about. Let's let's just it, – it, it's done. It is what it is. Let's move forward. Yeah. And yeah. It's again. not necessarily right, but it's it's better for your mental health if you just let it go. Yeah. And again, this is just a, such a bizarre one. No one – an innocent person upstairs that that probably feels awful impacted this not it wasn't the league intentionally screwing the blue jackets the on ice officials blowing it it's this is a weird one this is a really weird one i was writing that story in the wee hours after the game yes typing thinking my god is this real well you my god when you told it to me i literally i was just like i well i can't say what i kept saying but i was just floored it couldn't like you said you didn't think it could get any stranger and then it got stranger that's as strange as it gets i know that was a that's a truly bizarre. Read that story if you haven't read it yet. It's it's uh it's on the Blue Jackets NHL page on the Athletic website. But 
It's a wild ride. Um, anything else we need? Is there a God, <laughs> Allison, what else could there be that we could get to? Um, I don't know. Defensive I pairs know. are changing. I, so things are happening. Godspeed, more games this weekend. <laughs> Andrew P. coming into the lineup. Which I I'm, am a proponent of. I'm ready for yes, this. Yes, I am ready for this. I wonder, frankly, why it took so long. I agree. A hundred million percent. Hasn't played since the bubble. Didn't play in the bubble either. He hasn't played since last March. Yep. So it'll be interesting to watch. I hope it gets back to hockey here soon. Mm. Um, let's keep that in mind. Um, Allison, thanks for your time, as always. Thank you. Thanks to the producer, Danielle Lehman. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up to Bobby Mack because damn it, I love our theme music. Yes. From David Cook. I, I don't sense And we I don't credit sense any, our artists, Aaron. We do, and I don't sense anything in his comments other than pure jealousy. I That's agree. all I'm hearing. Not everyone That's has custom music composed for them. That's right. And if he frankly, if he speaks ill of David, there's gonna be Tay Tay might might be coming after him. And Listen, I don't think he wants that. That's a double insult right there. Not just David Cook, but you don't cross the Tay Tay. That's you don't. You just don't. You just don't. And I, I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants his name to be on her list. That's what I'm saying. Who does, Aaron? Who? So back does? off. I agree. Back off, Bobby Mack. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. And we'll be back with you. Uh, yeah, next week when I'm sure it'll be really boring. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you then.